Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Keith Yackey. Thanks for being on the show, Keith. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have me on. Thanks, Whitney. Yeah, I'm honored to have you on. Pleasure to to hear your story and get to know you a little bit. And a little about Keith, within just two years of setting out to learn real estate, he had flipped 185 properties and completed over 700 deals. That's extremely impressive, Keith. It now owns 300 rentals and has raised over $45 million during his real estate career. So Keith, thank you again for being on the show. Tell us a little more about who you are, maybe where you're located. Let's get into these techniques that you used to be able to raise that much capital? Yeah, you bet, man. Again, honored to be here. And I'm located in Southern California, uh, right near the beach, so I can surf all the time. But I spend some time here and in Vegas. I'm back and forth. And the truth of the matter is, man, it's just, I knew there was one thing and that no matter what you did in real estate, whether it's flipping property or buying long-term holds and whatever those vehicles look like, they all needed gas. And the gas in this game is cash, private money money to be able to do the deals. So I heard a guy say a long time ago, yes, it takes money to make money, but it doesn't have to be yours. And that like set me down the journey to be like, I'm going to become great at raising private money so I can do more deals and enjoy my life. I like that. It does take money to make a deal happen, but it doesn't have to be your money. Yeah. And and I've never heard that before. The the gas in the game is the is the private money or is the capital. Uh, yeah. No doubt about it. Your deal's not going to happen without it. So I'd love to hear some you know some techniques and ways that you know you've used that maybe are a little different than than we've heard before. Because uh, I know you have some different techniques that are unique, and and I'd love to uh, just share that with the listeners. Yeah, you know, a lot of the strategies that I use to raise private money, whether it's with a perfect stranger or with somebody that I'm already familiar with, I always try and first of all, have the right psychology, you know, and I hear this a lot because I talk with people that are, you know, learning to raise private money every day or wanting to learn how to raise it or wanting to take their game to the next level. And they kind of have the mentality of, I'm going to go ask this person for money. Which if you have that frame set, you know, that, that mindset, that frame you're working from, nobody wants to ask anybody for money. <laughs> I don't even want to ask my best friend for money. I'd rather go eat chicken bones in a gutter than ask my best friend for money, right? So the reason why I think a lot of people get scared of raising private money is they have that mindset of they're asking people to borrow money as if they're almost begging, as opposed to the mindset of saying, listen, I'm giving you an amazing opportunity. What a different thing of asking for something as opposed to, hey, I'm giving you an opportunity. So I think, you know, whatever tactic or technique or anything we use, I always like to just start it right from the very get-go and say, hey, listen, you got to show up with the right mindset. And that is, I'm giving somebody an opportunity to invest in a deal that's going to help and benefit them. So that's one thing. A second thing, and we can talk a little bit where to find them, but I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's, I encourage people, go down the courthouse steps. Because there's people there that love what you love, real estate, and they have what you need, money. So I'm not saying you're necessarily going to do with the deal with all of them or with any of them, but that's a great place to go where they're already, they already believe in your gospel, so to speak. You know what I mean? They believe in the religion of real estate. So you're not trying to convert them into something they don't know. Another technique I really like and, and I encourage people to use is 
listen, every private mortgage or any cash deal is all recorded in your local county area. Go look those people up and go contact them. They're already doing what you want to do. In fact, I teach a lot of people how to do this. And I had one guy in New Jersey. He goes, Keith, I stopped at 50. I found 50 people. I reached out to them. A couple of them got back to him. And one of the guys was like, listen, I'm a bail bondsman. I'm sitting on a lot of cash in my bank account. It's not making me any money in there. And I need somebody to put it on the street and I'll lend it to you at 7%. So this guy went from doing like a deal every three months to doing two to three deals a month because he's now backed by a war chest of cash, right? So a lot of different strategies, but I think what a lot of people are nervous to say, okay, Keith, I found him. What the heck do I say, right? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about like how, because I hear it often, you know, it's changing the mindset, like the first point that you made, you know, we're not asking for money, but we are providing them an opportunity. But maybe you could elaborate on how you frame that conversation. Uh, You know, so we, you know, we've changed the mindset. We know we're going to provide them a great opportunity, but what does that look like when you actually get to the point where you're fixing to talk about this? Okay. So there's two different people, one who actually knows real estate and understands the game. And then there's maybe that closer circle of people that might be watching you and saying, Hey, what are you doing? I saw your new car. I saw you quit your job. You seem to be doing fine. You're not broke now. What happened? So let's talk about the familiar with you, but not with real estate. And then we can talk about the not familiar with you, but familiar with real estate. So I always just say this, you know, if I'm at a family function, a barbecue, a reunion, anywhere where I know these people and they say, Keith, what are you up to? And I just say, Hey, I'm making double digit returns in my real estate investments. If you ever want to jump in on with me, let me know. And so what I'm doing is I'm saying, Hey, I'm making great returns. If you're interested, let me know. What I'm doing is I'm giving them an out. And most people, when they talk to somebody, they don't give them an out. You know, like, I don't know if you ever have this family member, but maybe, you know, they're trying to sell like a a special potion. They're trying to sell Pampered Chef. They're trying to sell a prepaid legal card. And they want to talk to every family member every time they get together and they're going to hard sell you. And we just want to run from those people and we don't want to be those people. So we're afraid to talk about what we're doing because we don't want to be those people. So I found that that line. I'm making double digit returns in my real estate investing. If you're interested in making some money with me, let me know. They can say, yeah, not interested. (laughs) How about them Dodgers? And it's like no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? And then if they do say I'm interested, I tell people this, your temptation is is going to be to vomit everything you know on them to sound smart in their eyes. But the truth of the matter is only two things can happen if you try and vomit all over them. Number one, they're going to be like, wow, that's way more complicated than I thought. Never mind. Or B, they're going to be like, wow, that's easier than I thought. I don't need you. Neither of those responses actually raise you private money. So that's how I approach the familiar with you, but not with real estate. Does all that make sense? Did you want to ask any questions about that? Yes, it, it does. And so the, it was, it's kind of like the, the common or talk that we all do. Like you, you meet somebody and they say, well, what do you do? Or how's it going? And, and so right then you lead in with, I'm getting double digit returns. Yeah. Oh, and okay. another thing, Whitney, just to clarify, some, I've got to imagine a bunch of new people are listening to this that haven't invested at all. What I say to a new person for a new person should say is, hey, I'm looking to make double digit returns in my real estate investing deals. If you're interested, let me know. Then that way what happens is you're saying, this is what I'm looking to do. And I always just say, hey, you know what, let me, when I get a deal comes across my desk, I'll put it in front of you and I can show you how we can make some money together. That way you don't have to bring it up and get into the nuts and bolts. You're not gonna close them right there at the family picnic anyway. 
So just, hey, when I get a deal, I'll show you exactly how we can make some money together. Cool. They might ask some questions, keep it high level, and, and then just push to have a private meeting where enchiladas aren't being thrown around and pinatas are being smashed, et cetera. No doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah. So high level, pique their interest. Don't spit out too much information to make it overly complicated or, or push them away, right? Don't vomit on them, as you said. Yeah. All right. So now how about the other people? Okay. So if I find somebody who's actually an investor, they know the game. I always say, on your, if you go in there and you say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm offering. This is how I've got it. Are you interested? You're going to lose more times than you win. And the reason for this is because you're casting everything in concrete and there's no wiggle room. So what I like to say is, hey, tell me what you're investing in now. What rate are you getting? What are you doing? Because here's the thing. If I go, hey, listen, I'm offering 8% and they go, oh, that's a bummer because I'm getting 12%. As you and I both know, you know, when you're raising private money, especially for, you know, apartments, long-term deals, there's a couple different levers. There's the upfront lever of how much am I going to give you while the money's being deployed? There's the second lever of if we do a cash out refi in the next 18, 24, 36 months, how much of that are you going to get? That's a lever you can pull. And then do I keep you in the deal after our cash is all out ongoing? So if you're a little more expensive upfront, I can get you lower on the back end and vice versa. So all the knobs can be twisted, right? So with that being, you know, levers can be pulled. So I just say, what are you doing right now? If they go, well, I'm getting 12%, I can even think, well, what deals could I do that I don't mind paying 12% up front? And so that's how you can be way more, you know, open and keep the dialogue going than just being like, this is what I offer if you don't, you know, take it or leave it. Unless you've got so much money raised at which, you know, I have some of my buddies where I try and invest with them because I have cash that I invest with them. And I go, Hey, I got this money. He goes, dude, I'm already, I have $6 million lined up at three points less than what I can give you. So I'm glad I used to give you that, but it doesn't make sense for me now. I'm like, Hey, bravo. I'm, I'm happy for you, man. You know? Wow. That's, that's a great problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why everybody's listening to this show. That's right. That's right. So in those two cases, you're going to have to have maybe a little understanding of this person to know if they're already familiar with real estate or not. Yeah. But just meeting somebody for the first time, are you going to tend to go with the first response? Yeah. Yeah. If they ask me, what do you do? That's what I go with. Hey, you know, I'm a real estate investor. I, I make double digit returns. Hey, but I, that might not be my first word I say. I might just say I'm a real estate investor. You know, I invest in real estate. I used to say stuff like I make money grow and they'd be like, what are you talking about? And because I always like it when somebody asks me, Keith, what do you do? I say this. I always start with you. I say, you know how people are always looking for money to do real estate deals? And they'll be like, yeah, I get that. I go, yeah, I teach people and help people how to raise private money for all of their deals. And the very next question, what do you think they're going to say? How? How do you do it? Yeah. Well, oh, cool. How do you do that? And then I go, well, I have a proprietary process that I use as a step-by-step -step system. If you ever want to know, let me know. That's because I teach this. But you normally, you know, people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I invest in real estate. Oh, cool. Is it good? And they always go, is it good right now? What's the market like? Blah, blah, blah. Then I can kind of ease my way into it rather than be like, man, I've got this amazing thing to sell you right now. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> nobody likes that. Yeah. You need to invest with me right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hold on. So, my pen or yours? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So now we've started to have that conversation and maybe we've met that person. Maybe they've shown some interest. What, what's next? 
So I, either one of those situations, normally with a guy who's already lending in real estate, I got the terms, I understand what's going on. So with both of them, I would say, hey, you know, I put together, you know, a prospectus, I call it an investor packet. You know, somebody might call it a pro forma. There's a lot of different words for this, but basically, you know, the deal. And I'll shoot it out to many, many people and be like, hey, just want to let you know you're one of many people that's looking at this that could potentially fund it. Let me know if you're interested. And the reason why I send it out to a lot of people is because, as you know, the greatest words you can ever tell an, a private lender, somebody who wants to do a deal with you is, you know what, that one's been funded, but I'll bring the next one to you. You're going to have to be a little quicker. Like those are the best words you could ever say, right? And it's so like the scarcity, scarcity mindset. Yeah. And you truly are funded. So that's why I don't send it to one person away. So I just send them an investor pack and say, Hey, if you want to talk about this, you know, Hey, have a look at this and then let's chat later. And then the way I put my investor pack together, it's very simple. It states the deal and it answers the three questions. Every private lender wants to know. They only want to know these three questions at first, and then maybe they'll have some subsequent questions. But the three questions is how much do you need? How much am I going to make? And how long is it going to take? Right? That's it. Right. That's what they want to know. So if I can answer that very succinctly, my investor packets are like five to seven, eight pages long. I don't write a big, you know, doctoral thesis. I just, hey, this is what it is. I show some pictures, what we can do. Here's some projections. Here's why it's going to work. If you're interested, you know, I'm shooting for that verbal and then we can, once I got the verbal hook and then we can dive in and I get, I let them know the dates, you know, Hey, here's when we've got to have earnest money and here's when we've got to close by and, and those types of things. So that's what I do next. Okay. So now you've built that relationship. They want to invest. You've sent them your packet. Yeah. So, so now maybe they've invested. What, how do you follow up with them after maybe the deal's closed? What does your relationship look like? Okay, we've actually closed the deal. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I, t <laughs> I tell them, don't bug me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In part, don't bug me. But more realistically, before we close the deal, I'll set the expectation for how often we'll communicate. And I believe in being, I don't believe in over communicating. I believe in being a consistent communicator. And so if I say, hey, listen, I'm going to let you know every other week the progress. I'm going to send you some progress photos. You know, if it's a, maybe it's a renovation and uh, that type of thing, which is really pretty much all I do. So that way I can force the appreciation value at, et cetera. I'll let them know, Hey, I'll give you a progress report every two weeks. Some of them only want it once a month. And, uh, I always like to make them feel like they're a part of it without being a part of it. And, uh, that's worked really well for me. So how do you make them feel like they're a part of it? Can you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah, I'll send them pictures. Usually I have their text or I'll, I'll usually do it via email. I'll be like, hey, I wanted to give you an update picture. All the cabinets are going in, moving right along. We're on schedule. You know, just very simple. Because if you're not hearing anything to a private investor, because I am a private lender as well. And if I'm not hearing anything, I'm just wondering like, is it going well? And it's just that little fog of doubt. And I don't like that. And I don't want them to have that either. So just a very simple update. And uh, I usually raise a little bit more money than I need because if I don't like to come back and go, Hey, I need more. It's just a weird, it's a, listen, they could invest a million dollars, but I got to come back for 30,000 in the scope of it. $30,000 isn't much money, but it just feels so freaking awkward to ask them for it. So I try and overfund it and do it that way. 
Well, that's a great point. But you know, I wanted to back up just a little bit. You had mentioned like setting the expectation up front. I thought that that's a very good point. And I wanted you to elaborate on that. Anything else that you, any other expectations that you try to make certain that you make them aware of ahead of time? Timelines. And I overshoot those. I try and be really conservative. Oftentimes when people are just getting in this game, they're thinking that an investor wants to hear something that's better than a very conservative, realistic expectation. And the truth is, is they're not. They just want, what's the truth? You know, I can say this project's going to take six months. And if I get done in five, they're thrilled. But if I say, hey, it's going to take four months and it gets done in five, they're like, what the hell, right? So it's just, you know, I'm 40 years old. I got a lot of gray in my hair. Uh, I've done, you know, lots and lots of deals in this game for the last 12 years. And I've just came to realize just be more conservative. Stuff just takes a little bit longer than you anticipate. And, and that's okay. It's normal. You don't have to be he-man and ruin your family or break your back trying to meet a deadline that was never very realistic anyway. So how do you stand out amongst you know the others that are trying to raise capital from the same investors? To be very honest with you, dude, I don't really go to a lot of the places that other investors are per se. I find them locally to that area so, you know, like I don't, I don't know that I have a lot of quote unquote competition. Can I say this, Whitney, to anybody listening to this, our mind, I don't think quite understands how much private money is out there. And so we think that there's only, oh, there's just a little bit of this. In fact, I had a guy say the other day, he goes, I don't think there's any private lenders in my area. And I just said, oh, oh, so there's no real estate where you live? Like, are you in a teepee out in the desert? And he goes, no, 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 there's houses and apartments everywhere. I go, then there's a lot of private money in that area. So when you look them up locally or you go do some of the other places that I, you know, share with where to meet these guys, there's just so many. But I can tell you how you can stand out in the long run after you get to know them. And that is by literally just doing what you say and not BSing them, not hyping it up, not, uh, I had early on in my career, I had an investor, I go, man, this is a phenomenal deal. This guy was the richest guy I knew growing up. He says, Keith, lose that word from your vocabulary. I go, what do you mean? He goes, phenomenal makes me think you're trying to sell me something. You're hyping it. And he goes, I know you're enthusiastic. You are an outgoing extroverted dude. He goes, you don't have to use that word with me. So do what you say, don't use hypey words, and then your reputation will speak for itself is, would be my answer to that. So how do you answer, because I get this question all the time as well, is, you know, somebody that's never done this before and they have no experience, let's say, in real estate, but they're trying to raise capital, trying to find that private money for that first deal. Where do they start? Okay. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version because I know we only have a couple more minutes left. But the things that I believe a private money lender is really looking for is, are you credible? Are you confident and certain that you can make this happen? And is your content correct? Meaning, are your numbers actually believable? If you tell me that the after repair value or what it's going to be appraised for when we're done is this, prove it to me. So the very first thing to become credible is this, go find deals just like the ones you want to do that have been done in the last 30, 60 or 90 days reach out to the realtor or broker that made that happen, get a before picture, an after picture, a purchase price, a renovation price, and what it's appraised for, or if you're flipping property, what it's sold for, and how much profit, get close on what you think the profit's gonna be there, 
and put three of those or four of those together, that's called your credibility package. And why that's credible, you're not saying you did the deals. You're saying these are deals that have been done in our backyard very, very recently. And oh, by the way, the broker realtor that made the acquisition and the disposition or, and or the management and rental, that realtor is ready to go to work for us right now. That contractor that did the renovation, they're ready to go work for us right now. How that makes you credible is you said, here's a project from A to Z that's been done. Here was the major players that made it happen. They're ready to go work for me. I know the numbers. I know the players. I know the operation. And when it's all said and done, their credibility gets passed on to me that I know how this thing works. And that's what they want to know. Can you really make this happen? That's the best way you can become credible, which is the biggest key for anybody to give you private money. Love it. I haven't heard some of that before. It's, it's really good advice. And having something like that too, I tell you, when you're having those first conversations makes it easier because then I, like you don't have to answer all the questions just out of thin air. You have the, the information right in front of you. So you can just flip right to it and show it to them. And when you're having that meeting with that investor, that family member or whoever it is, familiar or unfamiliar, I say, if I can bring us deals like these, would you be interested in funding them? The reason I ask is because now I get the verbal, yes. I if you bring me that, Keith, if you bring me that, Whitney, yes, I'm highly interested. Now I know who to send my deal to. If I have 10 conversations like that, I know I've got 10 people that could fund this deal. Dude, you're off to the races. All right, Keith, a few questions before we have to go okay. before we run out of time. So how are you preparing for this potential downturn that everybody's talking about? Dare I say with a big smile of rubbing my hands together. <laughs> I bought a lot of rentals back in the crash in 2009, 10, 11. I mean, that's where I picked up almost all of my rentals and I would love for everything to go back on sale so I can go scoop up a bunch more, if I'm being 100% honest. Mm -hmm. So what's a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Systems, systems and protocol really setting up systems so that everything works even if I less moving parts for me to bung up and then secondly I'm more vocal about what I do so people know about it they know what I do and when people know about what you do they tell others about what you do and you have more opportunity because now people know what you do what's the best way you've let people know more people would know what you do interestingly enough just posting on Facebook posting on Instagram and just saying, hey, here's what I'm up to, here's what I'm doing, sending an email to my list. I have a, a sizable list because of the business that I'm in of educating and training people how to do this. I can say, if anybody has deals, bring them to me. And it's amazing the type of deals that people, and I just believe in this religion of real estate. And I let people know I believe it. And you know, I call it that because it's just what I eat, sleep, and, and breathe. What's your best advice for caring for an investor so they want to come back to the next deal? Something maybe we haven't mentioned. Just do what you say you're going to do and make them profit, man. The old Texas saying, money talks and BS walks, right? And I know I wish I had something you know, really great for you on that one, but that's what I got. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Habits. There's not a single thing out there that compares to having good daily habits. Nothing in the world comes close to having good daily habits. How did you change your habits or find the habits that are working for you now? Uh, I wasn't happy with the results 
that I was getting. At certain points in my life, I wasn't happy with a certain result, and I said I had to change that. Number one, for me, the biggest thing that's robbed me of more money, joy, and everything in my life has been sugar. That has robbed me because for me, in my brain, it makes me lose my confidence. It makes me feel like I can't do anything. So when I eat sugar or a day of sugar, it just absolutely ruins me. So the habits I've kind of collected, I've just researched what are the habits that every other successful person has, and I start adopting them into my life. Can you name another one? So the good habits are drinking lots of water, getting lots of sleep, treating my business, because you know, as entrepreneurs, we don't have a schedule. I actually treat my business like I have to show up for a job. And interestingly enough, I know we're on camera, this is the hammer I used to be a carpenter with. I had to show up at 6 a.m. If I was late, I had to park in the wrong lot. So this is either on there. It's, this is with me all the time. This is the hammer. And I just go, dude, you're a carpenter. Get in there and build something every single day. So I, I don't miss. Or if I do miss, I feel guilty. I get sweaty 30 minutes a day because uh, I'm a hyped up kind of dude. I got to release. So for me, that's surfing or working out with my wife and friends. And how do you like to give back? I donate to my favorite charity, which is called American Dream U. It's helping soldiers transition from that life back to civilian life. And the other thing that I do, and another really big habit is I read 10 to 20 pages of a book every single day. It expands my mind. That's a great habit as well. Keith, yeah. you've been a great guest. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I appreciate your time so much and sharing with the listeners. Tell them how they can get in touch with you. You can just follow me, Keith Yaki, at Instagram, or you can go to privatemoneypro.com, privatemoneypro.com, and follow me there, or just go to keithyaki.com. Any one of those will work. Do, will you put those in the show notes? I will. Okay, perfect. Yep, that's how they can follow me. Thanks for having me on, man. It's been such a pleasure. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.